Tonight, we're going to be talking about Alma as he seeks to diligently sanctify his people that they might enter into the rest of the Lord. Now, we will start in Alma chapter 5, verse 14. In Alma chapter 5, verse 14. And now behold, I ask of you, my brethren of the church, have you spiritually been born of God? Have you received an image or his image in your countenance? Have you experienced this mighty change of heart? In verse 49, And now I say unto you that this is the order after which I am called, yea, to preach unto my beloved brethren, yea, and everyone that dwelleth in the land, yea, to preach unto all, both old and young, both bond and free, Yea, I say unto you, the aged, and also the middle-aged, and the rising generation, yea, to cry unto them that they must repent and be born again. Verse 60. And now I say unto you, that the good shepherd doth call after you, and if you will hearken unto his voice, he will bring you into his fold, and ye are his sheep. And he commandeth you that ye suffer no ravenous wolf to enter among you, that ye may not be destroyed. And I speak by way of commandment unto you that belong to the church. And unto those who do not belong to the church, I speak by way of invitation, saying, Come and be baptized unto repentance, that ye also may be partakers of the fruit of the tree of life. So in verses 14 and 49, Alma is admonishing us to enter into the new covenant that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, or be born again. And then he gives us the clear admonition to partake of the fruit of the tree or to come into the presence of Christ in his glory while in this life, the culmination of the doctrine of Christ. Now, if we cross-reference in DNC 84, verse 23. And this applies to both Moses and Joseph Smith. So, and now this Moses slash Joseph Smith plainly taught to the children of Israel slash early saints in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. And we find out in the next verse in 24 that beholding the face of God means entering into his rest, which rest is the fullness of his glory. So Alma, and this is Alma the Younger, sought to do precisely the same thing that Moses and Joseph Smith sought to do, and that was to sanctify his people through the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that they might be prepared to enter into the rest of the Lord. Now, regarding the new covenant and the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, Joseph Smith said in History of the Church, Volume 1, pages 314 to 315, I will proceed to tell you what the Lord requires of all people, high and low, rich and poor, male and female, ministers and people, professors of religion and, prof 
and non-professors, in order that they may enjoy the Holy Spirit of God to a fullness and escape the judgments of God, which are almost ready to burst upon the nations of the earth. Repent of all your sins and be baptized in water for the remission of them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and receive the ordinance of the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed unto this power, that he may receive the Holy Spirit of God. And this is according to the Holy Scriptures and the Book of Mormon, and the only way that man can enter into the celestial kingdom. There are the requirements. These are the requirements of the new covenant or first principles of the gospel of Christ. And that was written in a letter from Joseph to N.C. Sexton on January 4th, 1833. Now, if we go to D.N.C. 22, again, establishing that the full baptismal covenant into the terrestrial order is the new and everlasting covenant. The the chapter summary, baptism is a new and everlasting covenant. Authoritative baptism is required. Behold, I say unto you that all old covenants have a cause to be done away in this thing. And this is a new and everlasting covenant, even that which was from the beginning. Wherefore, although a man should be baptized a hundred times, it availeth him nothing. For you cannot enter in at the straight gate by the law of Moses, neither by your dead works. For it is because of your dead works that I have caused this last covenant and this church to be built up unto me, even as in the days of old. Wherefore, enter ye in at the gate, which we know from Second Nephi 28 is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and also baptism by water into the terrestrial order. As I have commanded and seek not to counsel your God. Amen. Now, Joseph Smith, at the end of the King Follett Discourse, said, We will leave the subject here and make a few remarks upon baptism, the baptism of water with the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost attending it. All three are necessary and inseparably connected. A man must be born of water, and of the Spirit in order to get into the kingdom of God. The German Bible bears has a text that bears me out the same as the revelations which I have given and taught for 14 years about baptism. I have the testimony to put in their teeth that my testimony has been true all the time. You will find it in the declaration of John the Baptist. I will read a text in German upon baptism. It reads, John says I baptize you with water. But when Jesus Christ comes, who has power and keys, he will administer the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Whereas all the sectarian world of this testimony is true, they are all damned as clearly as any anathema ever was. I know the text is true, Alexander Campbell. How are you going to save them with water? For John said that his baptism was good for nothing without the baptism of Jesus Christ. Many talk of any baptism not being essential to salvation, but this would lay the foundation of their damnation, leaving the principles of the doctrine of baptism and etc. There is one God, one Father, one Jesus, one hope of our calling, one baptism, that is all three baptisms make one. Joseph Smith also said, You might as well baptize a bag of sand as a man if not done in the view of the remission of sins and getting the Holy Ghost, the baptism by water is but half a baptism. 
and is good for nothing without the other half. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Savior says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, in October 2010, general conference, the Sunday afternoon session, regarding the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, versus confirmation into the LDS Church, he said, these four words, receive the Holy Ghost, are not a passive pronouncement, Rather, they constitute a priesthood injunction, an authoritative admonition to act and not simply to be acted upon. The Holy Ghost does not become operative in our lives merely because hands are placed upon our heads, and those four words are spoken. As we receive this ordinance, each of us accepts a sacred and ongoing responsibility to desire to seek to work and so to live that we indeed receive the Holy Ghost and its attendant spiritual gifts. And of course, Christ sets forth the requirement to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, in 3 Nephi chapter 9, verse 20. And that is, we offer up the new sacrifice, that of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And that sacrifice is our oath. And then Christ's oath in return is that when we do, when we receive the terms of that covenant by revelation, and we are obedient unto all of the revelations that God will give us concerning entering into and living this new sacrifice, that he will baptize us with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Now, if we go to Mosiah chapter 27. And in verses 24 through 29. For said he, I have repented of my sins and have been redeemed of the Lord. Behold, I am born of the Spirit. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, and all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people must be born again. Yea, born of God. Now, this being born of God that Alma the Younger is talking about after his visitation from the angel and being unconscious for a period of time. Uh, is the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, that part of baptism, which completes the baptism of water. All nations, kindreds, tongues, and people must be born again. Yea, born of God, changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and his daughters. You know, as we first learn in King Benjamin's address in Mosiah chapter 5, when we enter into this covenant and Christ um, accepts our oath of a broken heart and contrite spirit. He adopts us as his sons and his daughters, extending his name to us that we might take his name upon us. And thus they become new creatures. And unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. I say unto you, unless this be the case, they must be cast off. 
And this I know because I was like to be cast off. So, you know, there are many who will comment, well, you know, why do I need to go to the effort of seeking after and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost? Well, Alma tells us, because without it, we will be cast off. We cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven until we have received all three baptisms, water, fire, and Holy Ghost. And verse 27, I say unto you, unless this be the case, they must be cast off. And this I know because I was like to be cast off. Nevertheless, after waiting through much tribulation, repenting nigh unto death, the Lord in mercy has seen fit to snatch me out of an everlasting burning, and I am born of God. And again, this being born of God is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 29, my soul hath been redeemed from the gall of bitterness and the bonds of iniquity. I was in the darkest abyss, but now behold the marvelous light of God. My soul was racked with eternal torment, but I am snatched and my soul is pain no more. Now verses 32 through 37. And now it came to pass that Alma began from this time forward to teach the people. And those who were with Alma at the time, the angel appeared unto them, traveling round about through all the land, publishing to all the people the things which they had heard and seen, and preaching the word of God in much tribulation, being greatly persecuted by those who were unbelievers, being smitten by many of them. Now, a sign that is evident in the life of one who has received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is that their desire to proclaim the doctrine of Christ, that others might also receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost is unrestrained. Verse 33, but notwithstanding all this, they did impart much consolation to the church, confirming their faith and exhorting them with long suffering and much travail to keep the commandments of God. And there are a lot of people who don't realize that Alma the Younger and the sons of Mosiah first went about preaching the doctrine of Christ to the Nephites before they went to the Lamanites. Verse 34, And four of them were the sons of Mosiah, and their names were Ammon and Aaron and Omner and Himni. These were the names of the sons of Mosiah. And they traveled throughout all the land of Zarahemla and among all the people who were under the reign of King Mosiah, zealously striving to repair all the injuries which they had done to the church, confessing all their sins and publishing all the things which they had seen and explaining the prophecies and the scriptures to all who desired to hear them. Now, they were able to explain the prophecies and scriptures to all who desire to hear them. Because even though we only have the account of Alma the Younger receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the sons of Mosiah also received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And therefore, the prophecies contained in the scriptures, which require ears to hear and hearts to understand, were opened unto them and made plain through the voice of the Spirit. And they were then able to expound them to the vast majority of the people who had not received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
even though it had been preached unto them by King Benjamin. Verse 36, and thus were instruments in the hands of, and thus they were instruments in the hands of God, bringing many to the knowledge of the truth, yea, to the knowledge of the Redeemer. And how blessed are they, for they did publish peace, they did publish good tidings of good, and they did declare unto the people that the Lord reigneth. Now, moving to the next chapter in Mosiah 28, verses 1 through 9. And it came to pass that after the sons of Mosiah had done all these things, they took a small number with them and returned to their father, the king, and desired of him that he would grant unto them that they might, with these whom they had selected, go up to the land of Nephi, that they might preach the things which they had heard, that they might impart the word of God to their brethren, the Lamanites, that perhaps they might bring them to the knowledge of the Lord their God and convince them of the iniquity of their fathers, that perhaps they might cure them of their hatred toward the Nephites, that they also might be brought to rejoice in the Lord their God, that they might become friendly to one another, and that there should be no more contentions in all the land which the Lord their God had given them. Now to many, this likely seemed very naive since the Lamanites at the time were a hardened and ferocious people, um, sworn to eternal warfare against the Nephites, and yet inspired by the Spirit. Um, Alma the Younger and the sons of Messiah knew something that the detractors didn't, that the Lord intended to use them as his instrument in the conversion of the Lamanite nation. Now they were desirous that salvation should be declared to every creature, for they could not bear that any human soul should perish. Yea, even the thought that any soul should endure endless torment did cause them to quake and tremble. And thus the Spirit of the Lord did work upon them, for they were the very vilest of sinners. And the Lord saw fit in his infinite mercy to spare them. Nevertheless, they suffered much anguish of soul because of their iniquities, suffering much and fearing that they should be cast off forever. And it came to pass that they did plead with their father many days that they might go up to the land of Nephi. And King Mosiah went and inquired of the Lord if he should let his sons go up among the Lamanites to preach the word. And the Lord said unto Mosiah, let them go up. For many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life. And I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. And it came to pass that Mosiah granted that they should go and do according to their request. And they took their journey into the wilderness to go up to preach the word among the Lamanites. And I will give an account of their proceedings hereafter. Now, if we cross-reference to 1st Nephi chapter 1. Verses 4 through 6 and 18 through 20. For it came to pass in the commencement of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, the king of Judah, my father Lehi, having dwelt at Jerusalem all his days. And in that same year, there came many prophets prophesying unto the people 
that they must repent or the great city of Jerusalem must be destroyed. Wherefore it came to pass that my father Levi went forth and prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart in behalf of his people. So again, we see, you know, a pattern unfolding. Um, that Lehi had a broken heart and contrite spirit. And therefore, when he became aware of the judgments that were to befall his people, he poured his soul out for them and pled for them. And as a result of pleading for his people, it helped him fulfill all of the requirements that the Lord had for him to come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit. And I would say, hearing the words of the prophet Jeremiah, you know, about the coming destruction, uh, caused Lehi to have a mighty change of heart. And then he acted upon it. And as a result in verse 6, and it came to pass, as he prayed unto the Lord, there came a pillar of fire and dwelt upon a rock before him. And he saw and heard much. And because of the things which he saw and heard, he did quake and tremble exceedingly. So this is Lehi's baptism of fire, baptism of Holy Ghost experience, and he had an open vision of things that were to befall his people during this experience. And then, and as a result of the baptism of fire, baptism of Holy Ghost, he did not only, you know, pray and plead to the Lord for his people, but he went out and he began to preach unto the people. He took up the ministry and cried repentance. In verse 18, therefore I would that you should know that after the Lord had shown so many marvelous things unto my father, Lehi, yea, concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, behold, he went forth among the people and began to prophesy and to declare unto them concerning the things which he had both seen and heard. You know, and another pattern, after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, this desire, the same desire that Alma had to go out and cry repentance and the doctrine of Christ, so did Lehi. In verse 19, and it came to pass that the Jews did mock him because of the things which he testified of them, for he truly testified of their wickedness and their abominations. And he testified that the things which he saw and heard, and also the things which he read in the book of, in the book manifested plainly of the coming of the Messiah and also the redemption of the world. And the process of redemption through the Messiah is the doctrine of Christ. And verse 20, and when the Jews heard these things, they were angry with him. Yea, even as with the prophets of old, whom they had cast out and stoned and slain, that they also sought to take his life, that they might take it away. But behold, I Nephi. And this is one of the major lessons of the Book of Mormon. But behold, I Nephi will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Now, this exercising faith in the Lord, even that he would make us mighty unto the power of deliverance, is 
offering up our broken hearts and contrite spirits, that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. For when Christ was in the garden, he pleaded with Father, for those whom Father had given him out of the world, that they might be one with him and one with Father. Now those whom the Father has given Christ out of the world are those who have become adopted sons and daughters, or who would become adopted sons and daughters of Christ, through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And for those who will hearken unto all of God's commandments, to do whatever is required, to offer up their broken hearts and contrite spirits, that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then remain true and faithful, These are they whom God will make mighty even unto the power of deliverance. And I would submit also in this category are those who are on track and are earnestly seeking to offer up their broken hearts and contrite spirits that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, if we go to Alma chapter 1, verse 19. But it came to pass that whosoever did not belong to the church of God began to persecute those that did belong to the church of God and had taken upon them the name of Christ. Now, what's just happened is Alma's father, Alma, and Mosiah have just passed away. And before the passing of Alma, um, he did confer upon his son, um, The, the office of you know, high priest in the church, and also that he might be the chief judge of the people. And in verses 25 through 33, now this was a great trial to those that did stand fast in the faith. Nevertheless, they were steadfast and immovable in keeping the commandments of God. And they bore with patience the persecutions which was heaped upon them. Now, here we have some qualities or fruits that are evident in a people who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. They bore with patience the persecution which was heaped upon them, primarily by the non-believers. And when the priests left their labor to impart the word of God unto the people, the people also left their labors to hear the word of God. So these people, their number one priority were things of a spiritual nature. And they did not let that which was physical and of a physical nature come before that which was of a spiritual nature. And as a result, they proved themselves true and faithful to God and that they would be able to handle being blessed with temporal prosperity by the Lord and that they would not abuse it, that they would not be owned by temporal prosperity, but that it would be a tool which they could use for the blessing of their people. And when the priests left their labor to impart the word of God unto the people, 
the people also left their labors to hear the word of God. And when the priest had imparted unto them the word of God, they all returned again diligently unto their labors. And the priest not esteeming himself above the hearers, for the preacher was no better than the hearer, neither was the teacher any better than the learner. And thus they were all equal, and they did all labor every man according to his strength. Again, the fruits of those who are members of the terrestrial order of the gospel, the Church of Christ, who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they did impart to their, their substance, every man according to that which he had, to the poor and the needy and the sick and the afflicted. And they did not wear costly apparel, yet they were neat and comely. And thus they did establish the affairs of the church, and they began to have continual peace again, notwithstanding all their persecutions. And now because of the steadiness of the church, they began to be exceedingly rich, having abundance of all things whatsoever they stood in need, and abundance of flocks and herds and fatlings of every kind, and also abundance of grain and of gold and silver and precious things, and abundance of silk and fine-twined linen and all manner of good homely cloth. And thus in their prosperous circumstances, they did not send away any who were naked or who were hungry or who were athirst or who were sick or that had not been nourished, and they did not set their hearts upon riches. Therefore, they were liberal to all. You know, there are a great number of people who think that to be a disciple of Christ, you can't own anything. The reality is you can't let anything own you. Therefore, they were liberal to all, both old and young, both bond and free, both male and female, whether out of the church or in the church, having no respect to persons as to those who stood in need. You know, this is a Zion-like people. And thus they did prosper and become far more wealthy than those who did not belong to their church. For those who did not belong to the church did indulge themselves in sorceries and in idolatry or idleness and in babblings, and in envies and strife, wearing costly apparel, being lifted up in the pride of their own eyes, persecuting, lying, thieving, robbing, committing whoredoms, and murdering, and all manner of wickedness. Nevertheless, the law was put in force upon all those who did transgress it, insomuch as it were possible. And it came to pass that thus exercising the law upon them, every man suffering according to that which had been done, they became more still, and durst not commit any wickedness, if it were known. Therefore, there was much peace among the people of Nephi until the fifth year of the reign of the judges. And now, in Alma chapter 2, 16 and 18. Now, Alma, being the chief judge and the governor of the people of Nephi, therefore he went up with his people, yea, with his captains and his chief captains, yea, at the head of his armies against the Amlicites to battle. So, just because Alma was a high priest in the holy order, we're going to find out, um, and had led his people to become a Zion people, you know, that did not mean that they were spared 
from the vicissitudes of life. You know, we read pr- previously that they were highly persecuted uh, by the non-believers. And they also um, had to go to war against the Amlicites who had separated themselves and had, you know, placed Amlicai as a king. And they sought uh, dominion over Alma and his people. Therefore, Alma and his people had to take up the sword and go to war. Now, this you know, act of defending their homes, their liberties, their religion, their freedoms, you know, did not make them less of a Zion people. Verse 17, and they began to slay the Amlicites upon the hill east of Sidon. And the Amlicites did contend with the Nephites with great strength insomuch that many of the Nephites did fall before the Amlicites. Nevertheless, the Lord did strengthen the hand of the Nephites, that they slew the Amlicites with great slaughter, and they began to flee before them. So, the cost of defending their liberty and their freedom and their religion did come at the cost of blood. Um, You know, oftentimes we think that you know, if we enter into the service of God, and if we are doing what he would have us do, that there is a complete uh, safety and protection from any physical harm. Um, And while God does protect his people from physical harm, there are uh, individuals who are required to lay down their life in defense of that which is good. And considering the doctrine of eternal lives, um, this is okay, because it's what the people need on their path of ascension. Now, verses 27 through 31, um, we find that all of the people you know, do, do not stay humble and obedient to the Lord. And behold, they were crossing the river Sidon, the Lamanites and the Amlicites, being as numerous almost as it were as the sands of the sea, came upon them to destroy them. So while Alma and his people had had great victory against the Amlicites, now the Amlicites have teamed up with the Lamanites. And the numbers of the Amlicites and the Lamanites together far dwarf and outnumber those of the Nephites. And the Amlicites being as numerous, almost as it were, the Lamanites and the Amlicites being as numerous, almost as it were, the sands of the sea came upon the Nephites to destroy them. Nevertheless, the Nephites being strengthened by the hand of the Lord, having prayed mightily to him that he would deliver them out of the hands of their enemies. Therefore, the Lord did hear their cries and it strengthened them. And the Lamanites and the Amlicites did fall before them. And it came to pass that Alma fought with Amlicai with the sword face to face and did contend mightily one with another. And it came to pass that Alma being a man of God, being exercised with much faith, 
cried, saying, O Lord, have mercy and spare my life, that I may be an instrument in the hands to save and preserve this people. So the Lord didn't just hand Alma an easy victory. It took everything that Alma had. And Alma had to cry unto the Lord for the strength sufficient to overcome his enemy Amlicai. In verse 31, and now when Alma had said these words, he contended again with Amlicai, and he was strengthened insomuch that he slew Amlicai with the sword. And again, Alma was a righteous man, you know, a high priest in the holy order. And yet the Lord required him at times to take up the sword and to defend himself and his people. Um, you know, with physical violence. In verses 35 and 36, And it came to pass when they had all crossed the river Sidon, that the Lamanites and the Amlicites began to flee before them, notwithstanding they were so numerous that they could not be numbered. And they fled before the Nephites toward the wilderness, which was west and north, away beyond the borders of the land. And the Nephites did pursue them with their might and did slay them. And they were met on every hand and slain and driven until they were scattered on the west and on the north until they had reached the wilderness, which was called her mounts. And it was this part of the wilderness, which was infested with wild and ravenous beasts. And it came to pass that many died in the wilderness by their wounds and were devoured by those beasts and also the vultures of the air and their bones have been found and have been heaped upon the earth. And in Alma 3, verse 22. Now Alma himself being afflicted with a wound did not go up to battle at this time against the Lamanites. So again, although Alma is strengthened sufficiently to gain victory and to escape death, yet he receives uh, serious wounds in battle. And it's easy to feel one is entitled to um, specific blessings and protections or experiences from the Lord. And this spiritual entitlement is the opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit. It is the opposite of viewing one state as less than the dust of the earth. And the Lord allows us to be injured on the battlefield, both physically and spiritually, that he might show forth his power unto us, that we might be healed and that we might be strengthened, that we might be aware of our own mortality, that we might be aware of how desperately we need the power of Jesus Christ for our very subsistence. And now in verse 24 and 26 and 27. And then they returned again and began to establish peace in the land, being troubled no more for a time with their enemies. So even though they have sustained injuries, the Lord has delivered them and they receive again peace. 26. 
And in one year, there were thousands and tens of thousands of souls sent to the eternal world that they might reap their rewards according to their works, whether they were good or whether they were bad, to reap eternal happiness or eternal misery, according to the spirit which they listed to obey, whether it be a good spirit or bad one. For every man receiveth wages of him whom he listeth to obey, and this according to the words of the spirit of prophecy. Therefore, let it be according to the truth. And thus endeth the 50th year of the reign of the judges. Now, I would add that those who seek to obey the voice of the Spirit of God, um, it's important to receive the gift of discernment. Because everybody who is allowed to have spiritual experiences from Father and from Jesus Christ, is also allowed to have them from the adversary. So everybody that receives answers to prayer, prophetic or revelatory dreams, or visions, near-death experiences, or any type of communication from the heavenly realm, also are allowed to receive equal and opposite from the adversary. And we have to learn to exercise discernment. Because the revelation from the adversary can look so close to the revelation from God that on our own accord, we do not have the power to discern in and of ourselves. So the only way to know for certain is by the spirit and checking in with father and inquiring whether or not a revelation has come from him or an answer to prayer or an experience. And if it has, it's always a good idea to also check in and let him know what we understood the spiritual communication to be. Because although oftentimes God speaks to us and our ears are open and we hear and we know that we're receiving communication, sometimes our hearts aren't yet open and we can misinterpret the communications of the Lord by up to 180 degrees. So there is safety in checking. And in checking, those who have desires to serve God um, can ensure that they are listing to obey the good spirit, as Alma puts it. Now, in Alma chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, And so great were their afflictions that every soul had cause to mourn, and they believed that it was the judgments of God sent upon them, because their wickedness and their abominations. Therefore, they were awakened to a remembrance of their duty. So the righteousness and the peace lasted for but a small moment. And, you know, this is an important lesson to learn. That, you know, after the restoration of the fullness and a people embracing uh, Jesus Christ and doing that which is good as they encounter prosperity repeatedly, oftentimes the adversary draws away their hearts and they go from righteousness to hard-heartedness 
and wickedness. And this is what happened with the people of Alma. But because of the hardships which they encountered because of the hardness of their hearts, they began to soften again their hearts and to repent and return. And verse 4, And they began to establish the church more fully. Yea, and many were baptized in the waters of Sidon and were joined to the church of God. And they were baptized by the hand of Alma who had been consecrated the high priest over the people of the church by the hand of his father, Alma. And it came to pass that the seventh year of the reign of the judges were about three, or in the seventh year of the reign of the judges, there were about 3,500 souls that united themselves to the church of God and were baptized. And thus ended the seventh year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And there was continual peace in all that time. And now verses 12 through 13. Yea, he saw great inequality come among the people. So again, we have the pride cycle playing out. They had just repented and returned and come again unto the Lord. And now again, they have hardened their hearts. And so I would submit that the only time in the earth's history that the restoration of the gospel doesn't almost immediately go into apostasy is when Joseph Smith returns and restores the fullness of the gospel in his second ministry directly before the coming of Jesus Christ in his glory. And he saw great inequality among the people, some lifting themselves up with pride, despising others, turning their backs upon the needy and the naked and those who were hungry and those who were athirst and those who were sick and afflicted. So just because one receives the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is no guarantee that they're going to continue to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit and keep all of God's commandments. And this is why we have the admonition that we must endure to the end. Endure to the end means continuing to offer up our broken hearts and contrite spirits and hearken to all the commandments which God will give give unto us. Verse 13. Now this was a great cause for lamentation among the people, while others were abasing themselves, succoring those who stood in need of their succor such as imparting their substance to the poor and the needy, feeding the hungry, and suffering all manner of afflictions for Christ's sake, who should come according to the spirit of prophecy. So not all of Alma's people had fallen into apostasy and hard hearts, but there was division among the people. And in verses 15 through 20, and now it came to pass that Alma, having seen the afflictions of the humble followers of God and the persecutions which were heaped upon them by the remainder of his people and seeing all their inequality began to be very sorrowful. Nevertheless, the spirit of the Lord did not fail him. And he selected a wise man who was among the elders of the church 
and gave him power according to the voice of the people, that he might have power to enact laws according to the laws which had been given, and to put them in force according to the wickedness and crimes of the people. Now this man's name was Nephiha, and he was appointed chief judge and sat in the judgment seat to judge and to govern the people. Now Alma did not grant unto him the office of being high priest over the church, but he retained the office of high priest unto himself, but delivered the judgment seat unto Nephiha. So Alma is giving up the judgment seat so that he can return to his full-time spiritual ministry. And this he did that he himself might go forth among his people or among the people of Nephi, that he might preach the word of God unto them. And this is a witness of where Alma's heart was, that because of his position um, and the prosperity which he enjoyed, he had not allowed it to harden his heart and control him. He retained the broken heart and contrite spirit and continued to obey all of God's commandments, which he received. That he might pull down by the word of God, all the pride and craftiness and all the contentions, which were among his people, seeing no way that he might reclaim them, save it were in bearing down impure testimony against them. And thus, in the commencement of the 19th year of the reign of the judge over the people of Nephi, Alma delivered up the judgment seat to Nephiha and confined himself wholly to the high priesthood and the holy order of God to the testimony of the word according to the spirit of revelation and prophecy. Now, a high priest in the holy order of God gives us some insight to the spiritual ascension level of Alma. And I want you to you know, keep that in mind, and we're going to be diving into that ascension level. Let's cross-reference Helaman chapter 5 first. And in Helaman 5, Verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass that in this same year, behold, Nephi, and this is Nephi, the son of Helaman, delivered up the judgment seat to a man whose name was Caesarum. So Nephi also being a high priest in the holy order, does exactly what Alma does. He is more concerned about the spiritual welfare of his people than his own political power and designs. And so he gives up the judgment seat that he might devote himself to the full-time ministry of crying repentance and baptism in power and authority, first among the Nephites and then among the Lamanites with great success, just like Alma. Verse 3, 
gay, and this was not all. They were a stiff-necked people, insomuch that they could not be governed by the law nor justice, save it were to their destruction. And it came to pass that Nephi had become weary because of their iniquity and yielded up the judgment seat and took it upon him to preach the word of God all the remainder of his days. And his brother Lehi also all the remainder of his days. And verses 16 through 19. And even from one city to another, until they had gone forth among all the people of Nephi, who were in the land southward, and from thence into the land Zarahemla among the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they did preach with great power, insomuch that they did confound many of those dissenters who had gone over from the Nephites, insomuch that they came forth and had confessed their sins and were baptized unto repentance and immediately returned to the Nephites to endeavor to repair unto them the wrongs which they had done. And it came to pass that Nephi and Lehi did preach unto the Lamanites with such great power and authority, for they had power and authority given unto them that they might speak, and they also had what they should be, which should speak given unto them. Therefore they did speak unto the great astonishment of the Lamanites, to the convincing them, insomuch that there were 8,000 of the Lamanites who were in the land of Zarahemla, round about baptized unto repentance, and were convinced of the wickedness and traditions of their fathers. And now in verses 28 through 34. And it came to pass that they were overshadowed, the they being the 300 who were there at the prison with Lehi and Nephi as a result of their preaching unto the Lamanites. There came an army of Lamanites and cast them into prison. And when the prison guards came to kill Nephi and Lehi, they were surrounded by prison pillars of fire and miraculously preserved. And as Nephi and Lehi were miraculously preserved, the 300 who were at the prison, um, and we don't know if they were incarcerated or just in the vicinity, but they had a mist of darkness come upon them. They had great fear come upon them that they could not flee. And it came to pass that they were overshadowed in verse 28 with a cloud of darkness and an awful solemn fear came upon them. And it came to pass that there came a voice as if it were above the cloud of darkness saying, repent ye, repent ye and seek no more to destroy my servants whom I have sent unto you to declare good tidings. And it came to pass that they heard the voice and beheld that it was not a voice of thunder. Now notice the parallels to the voice of the father that was heard among the Nephites in 3 Nephi chapter 11, when father is introducing his son uh, at his coming to the Nephites. And it came to pass that they heard this voice and beheld that it was not a voice of thunder. Neither was it a great and tumultuous noise, but behold, it was a still noise, but behold, it was a perfect mildness as if it had been a whisper and it had pierced even to the very soul. 
and notwithstanding the mildness of the voice, behold, the earth shook exceedingly, and the walls of the prison trembled again, as if it were about to tumble to the earth. And behold, the cloud of darkness, which had overshadowed them, did not disperse. And behold, the voice came again, saying, Repent ye, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and seek no more to destroy my servants. And it came to pass that the earth shook again, and the walls trembled. And also again the third time, the voice came and did speak unto them marvelous words, which cannot be uttered by man. And the walls did tremble again, and the earth shook as if it were about to divide asunder. And it came to pass that the Lamanites could not flee because of the cloud of darkness, which did overshadow them. And also they were immovable because of the fear which had come upon them. And in verse 41, and Aminadab said unto them, you must repent and cry unto the voice, even until you shall have faith in Christ, who was taught unto you by Alma and Amulek and Zizram. And when ye shall do this, the cloud of darkness shall be removed from overshadowing you. And it came to pass that they did begin to cry with the voice of him, Cry unto the voice of him who had shaken the earth. They did the cry even until the cloud of darkness was dispersed. And it came to pass that when they cast their eyes about, they saw that the cloud of darkness was dispersed from overshadowing them. Behold, they saw that they were encircled about, yea, every soul by a pillar of fire. And Nephi and Lehi were in the midst of them. And they were encircled about, yea, they were as if in the midst of a flaming fire, yet it had harmed them not. Neither did it take hold upon the walls of the prison. And they were filled with that joy which is unspeakable and full of glory. So these 300 are in the process of receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, because of the words of God which were spoken unto them, and the words of Aminadab. And remembering the words of Alma and Amulek and Zizram, they came unto a broken heart and contrite spirit. Verse 45, and the Holy Spirit of God did come down from heaven and did enter into the hearts. And they were filled as if with fire and they could speak forth marvelous words. Or in other words, they could speak with the tongue of angels. And now verses 15 through 52. And it came to pass that they did go forth, the 300 who had received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and administer unto the people. Again, we have this pattern of those who receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, overcome with a desire to proclaim the doctrine of Christ, that all who will hearken unto the doctrine of Christ may also receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Declaring throughout all the regions round about all the things which they had heard and seen, insomuch that the more part of the Lamanites were convinced of them because of the greatness and the evidences which they had received. And as many as were convinced did lay down their weapons of war and also their hatred and their traditions of their fathers. And it came to pass that they did yield up unto the Nephites the lands of their possession. Uh, very similar to the effect of the preaching of the word that Alma had upon the Lamanites. And verses 51 and 52 would evidence that 
the Lamanite nation that was converted was converted to the point where they also offered up um, their broken hearts and contrite spirits and received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by this mighty change of heart to lay down their weapons of war and deliver up the lands that they had taken from the Nephites back to them. Now, in Alma chapter 5, Verses 9 through 10. And again I ask, were the bands of death broken and the chains of hell which encircled them about? Were they loosed? I say unto you, yea, they were loosed, and their souls did expand, and they did sing redeeming love. And I say unto you that they are saved. And now I ask of you, on what condition are they saved? Yea, what grounds had they to hope for salvation? What is the cause of their being loosed from the bands of death Yea, and also the chains of hell. Now here, Alma has recounted to his people an attempt to soften their hearts, uh, a remembrance of their fathers, and specifically when his father, Alma, had you know, taught the people and had called them to repentance, and they were willing to enter into a covenant with their God. And because of the preaching of Alma the elder, the people had a mighty change of heart, which put them on the track of a broken heart and contrite spirit to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And verse 10, and now I ask of you, on what conditions are they saved? Now, salvation is synonymous with the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yea, what grounds had they to hope for salvation? What is the cause of their being loosed from the bands of death? Yea, and also the chains of hell. Verses 12 to 13. And according to his faith, there was a mighty change wrought in his heart. This is Alma the Senior. Behold, I say unto you that this is all true. And behold, he preached the word unto your fathers. And a mighty change was also wrought in their hearts. And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And behold, they were faithful unto the end. Therefore, they were saved. So, it wasn't the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that brought them. Um, to a humble heart. First, it was they humbled their heart or offered up a broken heart and contrite spirit. And as they persisted in humility and offering up their broken heart and contrite spirit, um, this mighty change of heart that had brought them to humility led them to being born again, sons and daughters of Christ. And verse 14 And now, behold, I ask of you, my brethren of the church, have ye spiritually been born of God or received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost? Have ye received his image in your countenance? And the how of receiving Christ's image in our countenance is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then thereafter, continuous baptisms of fire by continuing to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Have ye experienced this mighty change in your hearts? 
Do you exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith and view this mortal body raised in immortality, this corruption raised in incorruption, to stand before God to be judged according to the deeds which ye have done in this mortal body? And in verse 21, I say unto you, ye will know at that day that ye cannot be saved. For there is no man that can be saved except his garments are washed white. Yea, and his garments must be purified until they are cleansed from all stain through the blood of him whom it has been spoken by our fathers who should come to redeem his people from their sins. Now, this cleansing of one's garments from the blood and sins you know, happens at the time of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they continue to be clean from you know, the blood and sins of this generation as one continues in the offering up of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Verse 26. And now behold, I say unto you, my brethren, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can ye feel so now? So, you know, this people who he is speaking to, um, many of them have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, but they have gotten out of the way of a broken heart and contrite spirit and hearkening unto all of God's commandments. And Alma is helping them hearken back to the spiritual experiences that they received, that they might again get on that straight and narrow path that leads to the tree who is Christ and partake of the fruit which is exaltation. And now, my beloved brethren, I see unto you, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can ye feel so now? Have ye walked, keeping yourselves blameless before God? Could ye say, if ye were called to die at this time, within yourselves, that ye have been sufficiently humble? that your garments have been cleansed and made white through the blood of Christ, who will come to redeem his people from their sins. And behold, are ye stripped of pride, which is the opposite of the new sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. I say unto you, if ye are not, ye are not prepared to meet God. Behold, ye must prepare quickly, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand, and such an one hath not eternal life. Now, verses 33 through 39. Behold, he sendeth an invitation. Christ sendeth an invitation to all men. For the arms of mercy are extended toward them. And saith, repent, and I will receive you. And just as a side note, time and time and time again throughout the Book of Mormon, the Book of Mormon prophets who saw our day, are crying out unto the Gentiles or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and bidding us and pleading with us and admonishing us that we will repent and return unto our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Repent, and I will receive you. And he saith, come unto me, and ye shall partake of the fruit of the tree of life. So, after passing through the gate to get on the 
straight and narrow path, which leads to the tree of life. The gate being the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. The iron rod being feasting upon the words of Christ, not only hearing, but also doing, keeping all of God's commandments that he sees fit to give unto us, which instruct us how to part the veil and enter into his presence in the fullness of his glory, or in other words, come unto me, and ye shall partake of the fruit of the tree of life. Yea, and ye shall eat and drink of the bread and of the waters of life freely. Yea, come unto me and bring forth works of righteousness, and ye shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire. For, having received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, now more is required of them with this new knowledge that they have and which is available to them. Um, as Heber C. Kimball used to say, I can't sin so cheap no more. For behold, the time is at hand that whosoever bringeth forth not good fruit or whosoever doth not the works of righteousness, the same have cause to wail and to mourn. O ye workers of iniquity, ye that are puffed up in the vain things of the world, ye that have professed to have known the ways of righteousness, nevertheless have gone astray as sheep having no shepherd, notwithstanding a shepherd hath called after you and is still calling you, but ye will not hearken unto his voice. Behold, I say unto you that the good shepherd doth call you, yea, and in his own name he doth call you. And in his own name, he doth call you because this people has received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. They have become his sons and daughters, but have become wayward. He has extended his name to them, and they at one time have taken upon them his name. Yea, and in his own name, he doth call you, which is the name of Christ. And if you will not hearken unto the voice of the good shepherd, to the name by which ye are called. Behold, ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd. And now, if ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd, of what fold are ye? Behold, I say unto you that the devil is your shepherd, and ye are of his fold. And now, who can deny this? Behold, I say unto you, whosoever denieth this is a liar and a child of the devil. Verses 43 and 44. And now, my brethren, I would that you should hear me, and I speak in the energy of my soul. For behold, I have spoken unto you plainly, that ye cannot err, or have spoken according to the commandments of God. For I am called to speak after this manner, according to the holy order. Again, we have mention of the holy order of God which is in Christ Jesus. Yea, I am commanded to stand and to testify unto this people the things which have been spoken by our fathers concerning the things which are to come. And all who are members or part of the holy order are also commanded to go and testify to the people that they must repent and return or be destroyed. Now, Let's cross-reference Alma chapter 13. 
And in Alma chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And again, my brethren, I would cite your minds forward to the time when the Lord God gave these commandments unto his children. And I would that you should remember that the Lord God ordained priests after his holy order, which was after the order of his son, to teach these things unto the people, that those priests were ordained after the order of his son in a manner that thereby the people might know in what manner to look forward to his son for redemption. So the reason that they were ordained to the holy order or to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood, was so that they could teach the doctrine of Christ to God's people, that they might invite them to enter into the way and bring all who would along that straight and narrow path which leads to the tree and to partake of the fruit of eternal life or to enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. Now, let's cross-reference also DNC 7655. Through 61. They are they into whose hands the Father hath given all things. Now, these verses are talking about the holy order of God and those who have ascended to the level of the holy order of God. And they are they who are priests and kings who have received of his fullness and of his glory. So, after a man is ordained to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood, um, once he passes all the associated tests, he has that priesthood sealed upon him. And then he becomes a king and a priest unto the most high God. And this is the holy order of God. 57. And here is another name for the second order of Melchizedek priesthood or the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood and are priests of the Most High after the order of Melchizedek, which was after the order of Enoch, which was after the order of the only begotten Son. Wherefore, as it is written, they are God's little g, even the sons of God, big g. Wherefore, all things are theirs, whether in life or death or things present or things to come. All are theirs, and they are Christ, and Christ is God's. And they shall overcome all things. Now let's go to DNC 77, verse 11. Question What are we to understand by the sealing of the 144,000 out of all the tribes of Israel, 12,000 out of every tribe? We're to understand that those who are sealed are high priests ordained unto the holy order of God. For they are they who are ordained out of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, by the angels of whom is given power over the nations of the earth to bring as many as will come to the church of the firstborn. Now, how does one who has been ordained a high priest in the holy order fulfill his charge to bring all who will to the church of the firstborn? Well, if we go to... 
DNC 76, back two pages. Fifty-three and fifty-four. So after, in verse fifty-two, one has received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse fifty-three, and who overcome by faith. So it's the calling of those who are high priests in the holy order of God to assist those who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, to overcome by faith. And this is exactly what. Alma was doing to his people who had received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. He was seeking to help them get back on track and to overcome by faith and to receive the revelation instruction about what was required of them that they might enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory and have their calling and election made sure or come to the tree and partake of the fruit. Verse 53, Indian C 76, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are the church of the firstborn. Now, as we read in Indian C 77, um, all of those who are part of the 144,000 have been ordained and sealed to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood in the holy order, but not all who are ordained and sealed to that order of the priesthood um, become part of the 144,000 at the time that they are ordained and sealed. In fact, most do not become part of the 144,000 until after Christ comes in his glory because their mission um, is not to be translated before Christ comes in his glory. Their mission is to remain flesh and blood and work shoulder to shoulder with Joseph Smith Jr. And the first labors and last kingdom as they do their work in the restoration of the terrestrial order of the gospel or church of Christ and going out and gathering out Israel from the four corners of the earth unto the church of Christ. Um, but after Christ comes in his glory, or at the time Christ comes in his glory, those who have ascended to that level will ascend up and will come down with him. And thereafter will begin their work as part of the 144,000. Now, if we also cross-reference DNC 84. Verses 62 and 63. Therefore go ye into all the world, and unto whatsoever place ye cannot go, ye shall send, that the testimony may go from you into all the world unto every creature. And as I have said unto mine apostles, even I say unto you who are mine apostles, even God's high priests, and are they whom my Father hath given me, ye are my friends. So, um, DNC 84, 62 and 63, although most of DNC 84 is actually about the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, the apostolic 
order. You know, this portion is addressed specifically to those who have ascended to the holy order or, you know, a high priest in the patriarchal order of the Melchizedek priesthood. And it is given unto them again to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to the four corners of the earth. And in 74 through 76, Verily, verily, I say unto you, they who believe not your words and are not baptized in water in my name. Now, this is not water into the telestial preparatory gospel. This is by water into the terrestrial church of Christ for the remission of their sins. And often I hear people try and make the distinction between the two baptisms, baptism into the telestial preparatory gospel, that that is repentance and remission of sins and that Baptism by water into the terrestrial order is not. It's something else. Well, actually, they're both baptism by water for the remission of sins, just at different levels. That they may receive the Holy Ghost, shall be damned, and shall not come into my Father's kingdom. Wherefore, my Father and I am. And this revelation unto you, and commandment is enforced from this very hour upon all the world. And the gospel is unto all who have not received it. But verily I say unto those to whom the kingdom has been given. From you it must be preached unto them that they shall repent of their former evil works. And they who are to be upbraided for their evil hearts of unbelief. And your brethren in Zion for their rebellion against you at the time I sent you. And, you know, again, as we go through the parable of redemption of Zion in DNC 101, we find out that most of the prophecies in the Doctrine and Covenants pertain not to Joseph Smith's first ministry, but his second. And DNC 84 pertains to his second ministry. So these are the words of the Lord to the high priest during the time of Joseph Smith's second ministry. In fact, if we go back to the very beginning of DNC 84, a revelation of Jesus Christ unto his servant Joseph Smith Jr. and six elders as he united their hearts and lifted up their voices on high. Yea, the word of the Lord concerning his church established in the last days for the restoration of his people, as has spoken by the mouth of the prophets, and for the gathering of his saints to stand upon Mount Zion which shall be the city of New Jerusalem. Okay, that didn't happen during Joseph Smith's first ministry. It happens during his second ministry. Which city shall be built beginning at the temple lot, which is appointed by the finger of the Lord in the western boundaries of the state of Missouri and dedicated by the hand of Joseph Smith Jr. and others with whom the Lord is well pleased. Verily, this is the word of the Lord, that the city of New Jerusalem shall be built by the gathering of the saints beginning at this place, even the place of the temple, which temple shall be reared in this generation. So this generation that is being talked about is the generation during which Joseph Smith returns in his second ministry, or in other words, in our generation. Going back to Alma, chapter 5. Verses 45 and 48. And this is not all. 
Do you not suppose that I know of these things of myself? Behold, I testify to you that I do know of these things myself. Wherefore, I have spoken that they are true. And how do you suppose that I know of their surety? Now, this is Alma. Behold, I say unto you, they are made known unto me by the Holy Spirit of God. Now, there are some who believe that once you reach a certain level, that all of your knowledge is gained by going into uh, Christ's presence and the fullness of his glory. Um, but even after one has done that, most of one's knowledge is gained by and through the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Ghost, because as one ascends up the spiritual ladder, one now has access to greater and greater levels of knowledge by the power of the Holy Spirit, in addition to what learns while one is in Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. Verse 46, Behold, I say unto you, they are made known unto me by the Holy Spirit of God. Behold, I have fasted and prayed many days that I might know these things of myself. And now I do know of myself that they are true and that the Lord God hath made them manifest unto me by his Holy Spirit. And this is the spirit of revelation, which is in me. And moreover, I say unto you that it has thus been revealed unto me that the words which have been spoken by our fathers are true, even so according to the spirit of prophecy which is in me, which is also by the manifestation of the spirit of God. And I say unto you that I know of myself, that whatsoever I shall say unto you concerning that which is to come is true. And I say unto you that I know that Jesus Christ shall come, yea, the Son of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and mercy and truth. And behold, it is he that cometh to take away the sins of the world, yea, the sins of every man who steadfastly believeth on his name. And verse 49. And now I say unto you that this is the order after which I am called, yea, to preach unto my beloved brethren, yea, and everyone that dwelleth in the land, because this is the call of those who become part of the holy order of God. Yea, everyone that dwelleth in the land, yea, to preach unto all, both old and young, both bond and free. And I say unto you, the aged, and also unto the middle-aged, and the rising generation, yea, to cry unto them that they must repent and be born again. So those who have not yet received the preaching of the doctrine of Christ, who have not yet received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, he is also preaching to those people that they might enter into the new covenant and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that they might go on to enter into the rest of the Lord. Yea, thus saith the Spirit, repent, all ye ends of the earth, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand. Yea, and the Son of God cometh in his glory in his might, majesty, and power, and dominion. Yea, my beloved brethren, I say unto you, that the Spirit saith, Behold the glory of the King of all the earth, and also the King of heaven, shall very soon shine forth among the children of men. 
And also the Spirit saith unto me, Yea, crieth unto me with a mighty voice, saying, Go forth and say unto this people, Repent, for except ye repent, ye can in no wise inherit the kingdom of heaven. And finally, verses 60 and 62. And now I say unto you that the good shepherd doth call after you. And if you will hearken unto his voice, he will bring you into his fold. And ye are his sheep. And he commandeth you that ye suffer no ravenous wolves to enter among you, that ye may not be destroyed. So we become the sheep or the sons and daughters of Christ through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's when Christ extends his name to us and we are able to take his name upon us. And then that leads us to the doctrine in verse 62. I speak by way of command unto you that belong to the church and unto you, unto those who do not belong to the church. I speak by way of invitation saying, come and be baptized unto repentance. Baptism of water, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that then ye also may be partakers of the fruit of the tree of life. So, Alma, in seeking to bring his people into the rest of the Lord, precisely as Joseph Smith did, precisely as Moses did, precisely as all members of the holy order throughout time have done, preaches the doctrine of Christ, a broken heart and contrite spirit. And I would extend the invitation to each one of you, if you have not already, Receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which ye must check in with Father if you believe that you have. Because there are many who believe that they have already received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, when in reality what they have received is a powerful baptism of fire, which is preparatory to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. So inquire of Father if you believe that you have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost and get a confirmation from him or the opposite, that you have not yet received it. And whether you have or whether you have not, enter again into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Offer everything you have upon the altar that you might ascend to the next spiritual level, whether it be the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, or coming to the tree, partaking the fruit, entering into Christ's presence. And receiving your calling and election made sure as you ascend from this earth into the seventh heaven, into that place where Christ reigns in the fullness of his glory, which is the only place where one's calling and election is made sure or where one is sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. They mean the exact same thing. And then go on from there to enter into the holy order, to be ordained to the patriarchal order of the Melchizedek priesthood or a high priest 
that you might begin to fill that commission of taking the gospel of Christ unto the ends of the earth and gathering all who will to the church of the firstborn. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.